0: following
1: is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys? Go, Cowboys! this, Cowboys? This, this, this is Talkin' Cowboys.
2: Streaming
3: live from the Dallas Cowboys
2: World Headquarters
3: at the Star in Frisco.
1: hand on Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Standback. Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans.
3: It is a Talking Cowboys Tuesday here from the SWBC studios at the Star in Frisco. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Offseason Talking Cowboys. We've got plenty to hit over the next hour of your time. We appreciate you being with us, but we're going to treat you to some schedule release news. First time that... We've had a show since the schedule has hit the open market. We've also got rookie minicamp in the rearview mirror, and we will take a look ahead to OTAs as well. As always, joined by Chris Beam in the studio, we've got Isaiah Stanback. We've got Heckma Harrison. No Rob Phillips today. He's uh, interviewing some big wig, some, some quarterback who wears the number four and plays for some team. He's doing something along the way. But uh, I'm Kyle Yeomans. Glad you're with us. No Rob today, unfortunately. Isaiah, you sat down. You said, I'm not Rob, but you've got his chair today. I'm our suntan Rob. That's what I am today. Is that what it is? (laughs) Just a little bit. Just a little darker. A little extra sun.
2: A little darker. A little vitamin D Rob. (laughs) Vitamin D Rob over here. Don't mind me. Just think if if Rob woke up one day and he was you. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Like
4: like a song. Friday.
3: Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) little Dicky song. (laughs) 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 I
2: can't. Oh, I woke up in
3: Isaiah's <laughs> That's body. It. That's the remix, baby. <laughs> oh, remix. my gosh. <laughs> Rob P. would never give it back. Yeah, Rob P. Island would have spent way too much time on Rob P. Island. Let's say
2: that too We're going to take the whole show off the rails with this guy. It's the off-season.
3: It. There's nothing off the table when it comes to off-season. <laughs> uh,
2: uh, Heckman, how are you doing? I'm good. <laughs>
3: man, I needed that, I needed that in the bag. I needed the Mario Brothers, man. The Mario Dang. Brothers coin.
2: I said, Chris is probably laughing, too. He probably. There fell out is. of his chair. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm 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 good. You know, pulling double duty obviously when the when the schedule release came out, uh I'm talking about you pulling double duty, being excited about the schedule release, and also calling softball at the yeah. same time. Ooh, I know you so and
3: I were on a softball call at for ESPN and the oh, Conference me. USA Championships, oh. and we were just sitting there. We were both on our phones, like looking at the looking at the schedule and what was it, mm-hmm. and what was going on. So it was double duty. Luckily, no double duty today. We can give you the full rundown of the schedule. Let's start with the Beautiful. first five games okay. because. In those first five games, you face three teams that have been to the Super Bowl in the last two years. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay, to w- week one, open things out against the Buccaneers Sunday Night Football on NBC, followed by the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow and company come to town. Jamar Chase versus Trayvon Diggs. That will be fun. Of course, those two had their fair share of battles we'll in college ball. Then you go on the road to face the Giants for Monday Night Football, back home against Washington, and then back on the road Against the Rams. Three home games in the first five, but two of those three against Super Bowl teams from the last two years. You've got two, the last two Super Bowl champions in town. Isaiah, when you first looked at the schedule and the start that the Cowboys are faced up against, what were your thoughts? Somebody doesn't like the Cowboys. <laughs> They're trying to get them Yeah, That's what you thought? That's what
2: I thought. Even with this second easiest schedule uh, Man, jargon about, you know, about people, 31st. I don't give
4: a dog on about all that. Listen here, you got Tampa I know we said first five games, but yeah. the first six games is really the the threat, okay? Okay. You got Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We know what they are. Okay. You got the doggone Bengals who just went to the Super Bowl, and by the way, they just got better this offseason substantially sure. up, up front, okay, where they were weak at. Um, then obviously you got New York and Washington, okay, cool. Those are always gonna be, you know, competitive games. But then you got LA and then you got a Philly that's revamped and they're they're shooting their shot this year. So four of those six games I feel like are gonna be Pretty doggone tough. Pretty doggone tough. Right. Two, uh, obvious, for three of them, obviously because they've all been to the show here in the past few years. And then obviously you got Philly, and we we know that they've revamped and that they're they're pretty much taking a shot directly at the Cowboys, trying to trying to get them where they're weak at in terms of loading up this offseason So. Four of those six are going to be rough, man. I mean, obviously we have a long way to go. All that kind of jazz. We got OTAs. We got we got mini camps. We got regular camp. We got preseason. (laughs) Get ready, come on. Yeah, we got all that jazz. Okay. However, these there are there are three out of those six teams that are arguably. There's no question. No matter what team you go against, all right. But no, no, what team you ask, you know that
2: those guys can play ball. So, Bucks, Bengals, and Rams. Absolutely, off top. Off top. Yeah.
3: And then the other three are divisional opponents, too. Yeah, it's always going to be competitive. It's always going to be competitive.
2: So, one of the weird things that I do at the end of every season, because that's when they start releasing, not the schedule, but the teams, your opponents for the next season, home and away. Mm -hmm. I I go by you know, uh, least amount of wins all the way down to the win. So you start with mm-hmm. the Jacksonvilles, Detroit's, and go all the way down. And I started to see, started to say, tell myself, all right, so I can see where you can say, well, this is an easy schedule. Uh, but obviously things change from year to year. But once the schedule was released and the way that they kind of scrambled and put this together, I think your opportunities, like you just said, are in those first six games. Three of them NFC East opponents, as you just mentioned, but also teams that have been there. There's a large opportunity for this team. With all the offseason talk, uh, all the things that they've said yeah. about the team, the, the players that you've needed to replace, that game versus Tampa could be the measuring stick for your season simply because in those first six games, you have the Bucks and the Rams, and beating those two teams may set you up for NFC seeding. Cool. So although the season hadn't started yet, and the way that we are starting to look at the season at playoffs hey it's not a you can't do a, a, a one and done right yeah. you got to go far uh, in this league and seeding in the NFC is going to be important right there with those first six games so I don't want to say must win already sitting here uh, and yeah. sitting here in May, but that's as close to a must win as you possibly have. Yeah, at least early in the season and,
3: and with yeah. an opener like that. And you saw it last year the the way that they played against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road when they were raising a banner that set the tone for the entire season. Mm-hmm. Then you rattled off six straight. I don't think I don't know if you're going to see that again this year. There's probably a good chance that that does not happen. However. There is a measuring stick, and it's that first six games I keep looking at. And and I, I was looking at first five, but you threw in Philadelphia on a Sunday night football there in October. That's certainly a big game as well. You could go through those six games and finish two and, two and four. Mm-hmm. There's a good chance you go two and four, maybe even a, a three and three if you get lucky. If you end up going four and two, and you somehow work through that, and you're above 500— you're feeling really good about the rest of your schedule. Yes, feel really good about not only in the division, but in your seeding for the NFC, in your benchmark test that we've talked about all last year, we didn't pass a single benchmark along the way. Mm-hmm. You lost almost every one of those games. If you want to maybe throw the Chargers early on, maybe, but I don't think that because they weren't a, a playoff team. That's the same thing for these games. Tampa Bay is a benchmark. Cincinnati, L.A. Then you don't have another one until you go on the road in Green Bay a little bit later on in the season. So those first six games are crucial to set the tone. They're tough. These
4: are not, I mean, these, these aren't easy. <laughs> so I, I don't care what people say about the, the easy versus hard wreck. I don't give a dog on This is last year. That is last year. Teams have loaded up since last year. Teams have added players through the draft, teams have added players through free agency. Teams are not what they were last year. Let's just go ahead and lay that on the table, okay? Totally. So you can look at last year's stats and all that jazz all you want to. Coordinators have moved around, head coaches have moved around, personnel has moved around. These are totally different teams. So, yes, there might be core members of teams that are still in. Place, however, there's new players there. Okay, so it's, it's going to be a different look. So Tampa is Tampa. TB12 is back. Sorry, everybody. All right, we're going to have a, a showdown again from last year. Mm-hmm. Boom. All right, I, hopefully it goes it goes our way. You know, you got the dog on Bengals. Okay, these boys balled out last year somehow,
3: some way, and and their win percentage probably brings the win percentage down for the Cowboys a little bit because they were ten and seven as a division champion. They were the four seed in the NFC, or excuse me, the AFC, and then they go on a run. That Bengals team is not a 10-7 ball club Heck anymore. No. That's no. a team that's going to win 12, yeah. 13 games and they're if not they gonna stay healthy. A, and they're not going to give up 10 sacks a game.
4: No. You know, with what they mm-hmm. did with their offensive line this past year, and we knew that was their major weakness for them last year. So they have addressed the areas that they were weak at, and they were weak at major weaknesses, and they still found a way to make it to the on Super Bowl. Yeah. Now, so there you go with that. Giants, okay. Washington, okay. L.A., they just, I don't know how they got through their salary cap woes, but they did it. Yeah, they, they bent the rules. They bent Isaiah, the rules, yeah, exactly. It out. And they loaded up
2: even more. Yeah. The thing for me is looking, <laughs> is looking at the schedule and, and seeing where the Boo Eagles fall on our schedule. Because it's always about who we play before and who we play after, because that's such a big NFC East <laughs> matchup for us. And you look at where they are. I mean, we play the Los Angeles Rams uh, before we go, before you know, before Philadelphia. Yeah. And then you look later on the schedule, and we have the Tennessee Titans after we play yep. the Philadelphia. Yeah, huh? I mean and, and so those are the tough parts of your schedule. I mean when you when you talk about, you know, what's gonna be interesting, where are the tough patches, where can you be in trouble? Uh, we just know that those rivalry games, no matter what, uh, they're going to be tough. They're going to be tough opponents. We're at home, then we're away. Uh, the travel is always a thing. As, as we've had Mike McCarthy mentioned, being the, the Dallas Cowboys coach for his third season, getting used to that and the amount of primetime games uh, that we're going to play. Buckle up! I mean, get ready because this is a schedule that is going to that's going to have a lot of narratives, uh, and it's going to be very intriguing to see how this team competes talent-wise with what we have on the schedule. And when I look at this schedule in terms of these first six games uh, mm-hmm. specifically
4: we were weak on the o line last year i feel True. right or and we we've, we've tried to address that right and we still have some pieces that were still question that were still question marks yeah. we're still hopeful all that jazz
3: look at the defensive lines of these first six teams yeah tampa bay he- nasty he- he. cincinnati yeah. nasty uh-huh. new york beefed it up yep they, they may not may not be there yet but they beefed it yeah. up washington nasty. washington nasty L.A. Nasty. nasty, Philadelphia super nasty. Yeah. Okay. So so yeah, no, I agree. We're gonna get tested quickly. Yeah. You're there. gonna figure out what your offense. You're gonna line figure is. out
4: your O line quickly. So I know everybody's looking at the, the the big picture, but in terms of how this team rolls, defense is gonna do what they do. Okay. They Dan Quinn's gonna do what he does. He has his personnel there. We're still gonna places pieces. We gotta add in there. But those guys, for the most part, you know what you're gonna get. Okay. You hopefully you, hopefully you get those turnovers again. Chances are you probably won't, but he's going to get pressure and, and make it difficult for offenses. Offensively, though, you have to find a way to move the ball on the ground, and it's going to be very difficult to do so against a Damakon Sue. Or right, he's not there anymore. No Vita, Vita Vea. Vita okay, uh, who's, who's Cincinnati got on the front line? That's and I so know.
2: so. I mean, you know what I mean? Like these, no, no, no. To your point, I think that's interesting uh, about the defenses, mm-hmm. and that's why I say the two people that well, starting with the one person that the most pressure is out on when I saw the schedule was Dak.
4: Yeah.
2: I mean, yeah. you talk about these first six games, this is this is it. Yeah. I mean, this is – and I'm saying Dak, but I'm also throwing in there and, like, you know, it's Dak's picture and then there's everybody else that's going down on yeah, that. Yeah, it is. It's one of those situations where offensively, if you don't start off hot and it doesn't even matter about the excuses that you have for guys coming back from injury. No, nobody wants to hear it. Nobody's going to want to hear that. Mm-hmm. And that's why the biggest responsibility is on Dak. I know that Tampa – A lot of teams aren't what they used to be. I mean, you just tried to mention someone from from the Bengals defense, and I don't think anyone thought of them in the the breath of being a doomsday defense. But once you get down to the commanders and we know who the Rams are, those matchups, Dak should be be looking at this like a – these are opportunities for me. Yeah. And the other person I'm thinking about is Dan Quinn. Yeah. Dan Quinn is in his second season. And although he has elevated the, the, the defense, and we were looking at the mm-hmm. Cowboys are seventh in points allowed. It is the quintessential bend but don't break style of yeah. defense. But in his second season, I'm, I'm thinking that they are planning to play a whole nother style. You can't depend on being a, a defense that's going to have the number one uh, turnovers or interceptions in the league. That's going to have to be another part of this. You saw last season where in the playoffs, we could not stop the run. We're seeing all the interceptions from our cornerbacks, but also giving up a ton of yardage. Yep. Those are the things, no matter what you do, no matter where you rank, those are the things that's going to bring your defensive numbers down, going to bring your production down. You can add the, the bazooka, you can Ass and Sam Williams you can you can have as many players as you like but if you're giving up that kind of yard you're not going to be successful and the offenses that you go up against early yeah. are going to
3: test you you got to slow down the run and you got to run the ball that's clear and simple that's the easiest way to solve some of your problems is figure out a way to do both of those things and to y'all's point uh, of talking about just how these these front sevens ha- at the the first 6 games of the season are just next level Five of them, five of the six, are in the top ten or were in the top ten last year in rushing yards allowed per game. Half of the top ten in the NFL in rushing yards allowed per game are on your schedule in the first six weeks of the season. Tampa Bay, Cincinnati, L.A., Washington, Philly. You are going to have to run the ball in the first half of the season or you may end up 2-4. and going into the Detroit game in Week week 7. It really is. Let's talk about the next six games on the schedule as well. Detroit and Chicago, followed by the bye week. And then you take on the other NFC North opponents, Green Bay and Minnesota, both on the road. One in Lambeau, of course, the other one back in Minnesota. How many years in a row are we going to play the Vikings on the road? And we're going to hear the skull chants in our sleep. Uh, New York is that Thursday or, excuse me, is the Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving game. So we'll we'll stop at the Thanksgiving game. Detroit, Chicago, Green Bay, Minnesota, New York. A bye week sprinkled in between there. Heckman, when you looked at that side of the... Schedule is that your rebound schedule where you you're still facing decent teams you're just not facing the upper echelon of the NFL like you do in the first six weeks.
2: Yeah, and that's why I said like the first six the hypotheticals there two and four were nightmare for me. Uh, if you can split that at least three and three or flip it, you know I, yeah, I'm really it I would just be great. yeah flipping that's that's being on the the positive side. But I think this is this is the part in the middle of your season where you really can make some ground. But don't be mistaken. I mean the Lions. Uh, their coach is going to have them primed and ready to go. Uh, We've seen teams go from being a basement-level team to putting together two first-round draft picks and then—
3: Do you think the Lions are that team? I don't think that. I'm just just saying
2: let's not underestimate them and and say that, oh, that's just automatic dub. I think the Bears are the same way. Uh, The Packers, obviously, for Mike McCarthy, uh, that's the game that I'm circling for Mike McCarthy because I know— He wants to win that game. And I'm sure the team wants to win it for him. But, I mean, to show Green Bay up in a prime time, come on. Fox, that's got to be moved, right? They're going to move that to – uh,
3: I don't know if they will. That's the game no of the chance. week. Yeah, I don't think they. I don't think Fox lets that one go. Oh, I think that's Kevin Burkhardt, and or I guess who, who would he? That be That game now?
5: was announced before the the schedule was, so yeah. I'm assuming that's one of it's Fox's big, one games. of their premier. Yeah, they're yeah. not
3: letting that one go. Good point. Mm. Well, anyway, then you got Minnesota on the then back Minnesota,
2: end. then Minnesota again. Another team that I feel like we've we've done a really good yeah. job of of taking care of over the years. Uh, and the Giants on Thanksgiving. Uh, this is strange to say that we're playing the Giants on Thanksgiving. First time since 1992. And not the Manders. Mm.
3: Not the Commanders? No, no we've Manders. we them like every other year on Thanksgiving. What do you think about this middle part of the schedule? When I look yeah. at it, I, I think all five of these games are winnable, I like should that. be winnable.
4: I like the middle part. I like, obviously, Detroit. You know, re- Regardless of what happens in that first six games, I think Detroit's obviously based upon what ha- What. Took place last year with the teams. Okay, you should be able to win Detroit. You should be able to win Chicago. You get a bye week at the best possible portion it's awesome. of your season. Fantastic, it's the best you could ever hope for, right smack dab in the middle of your season. So that's awesome. Uh, then you then you need that bye week because you're about to face Green Bay in Minnesota, and Green Bay is Green Bay. A is out there. All right, he's making all fifty a year. He's ready to ball out. Okay, and he, they're getting him some help. So you always got to be pre- be prepared for that. Obviously, we know how big of a game that is for McCarthy, but Minnesota is always dangerous to me. Minnesota's always danger to me. Minnesota's Minnesota's never a team that I look past and be like, ah, yeah, go ahead. We, we, we should be straight. They're always even with a new coach. Even with a new coach, because they're yeah. because their key piece, their key pieces are still there. Right, mm-hmm. their linebackers are still there. Their D line is still there for now. Mm-mm. Okay, yeah, the quarterback still there. Right, receivers still there. I, mean, I just don't.
2: I mean, fa- that's just I, I don't I fear hit. them in that way. I don't uh, we yeah. played them a couple of times so far. You Dalvin Cook, I respect his speed and what he does, mm-hmm. but I just think on the outside we we, we covered them pretty well. I, I agree you that beat we beat them have him last year with a the backup
4: quarterback. I, Cooper Rush beat him. Agreed. Dallas has done a great job against them, but personally, I just think that yeah, they yeah. have very. Good key players, nah. They got key <laughs> players. I like their front seven always. Front uh-huh. seven is always a threat. Their running game is always a threat, right? They have three of the best receivers in the league. They those guys do a doggone good job. That's a solid tri- a trio that they have over okay. there. Um, so they're a threat uh, in my eyes. And then you got the Giants, right? And the, and, the, and ooh, we'll get to the next one here after that.
3: Yeah, we'll get we'll get to <laughs> it here in a second. Uh, I never played in the NFL. Shocker for those of you listening. Um... How much does it play a factor in the, the the travel schedule? Right there in the middle of the season, you, you, you're you at home against Detroit, you're at home against Chicago, you have the bye week, so you don't travel for an entire month. But then you go straight into Green Bay, Lambeau Field, in a high vaulted matchup where your coach is making a return as after winning a Super Bowl there and yada, yada, yada. How much could laying off and, uh, the, the travel and not being in a rhythm in terms of that chunk of time – does that affect you at all, or is that a non-factor whatsoever?
4: No, nah, it's a non-factor. I think Seattle has the worst, right? they got to travel, travel the most amount of miles. Uh, but as far as Dallas, I mean, that's the great thing about being in Dallas. You're centrally located. So every, you know, you're know, you not flying no more than three hours e- either direction. Okay. So I think that's that's perfectly fine. They need to be worried about that dog on cold, though, on November 13th and in Green Bay. You think it'll be that cold up there? Shoot you. It's not yeah. that bad. No. <laughs> Chris is the one on the <laughs> sideline. No, 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 seriously, but he wears,
5: doesn't get really bad. I mean... Bro, What's I'm, not that bad, I'm Chris? Up that direction. I mean, like in the 30s, is gonna be nice. <laughs> it's cold. It's cold. Hold no. no, Hold on, <laughs> no, a, second. Hold on a second. Hold on <laughs> a second. You do realize that the the, the was well, NFC Championship game. It was like oh yeah, no, at like zero stupid. degrees, teams, right? yeah, it affected it, it affected the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, it just didn't affect everybody. So,
3: huh. yeah, I agree, uh, and I I think that's probably. Closer to it, the the thirty degrees, maybe forty. I don't think you could really start whining until you get into the twenties about weather. Oh, I I mean, I'm not complaining about in Chicago
5: off the
3: off the. the You played, you played at U Dub. I played in New England. You played, yeah, you played (laughs) in New England. (laughs) Minus fourteen. Yeah, so yeah, that's
4: we're okay.
3: All right, let's look at the final third of the season. By the way, it, we used to cut the schedule into quarters. Now it might be in the thirds with that 18 game. It's just easier to look at along the way. But if you go 4-2 and two in your first quarter, then you go 4-1 and one in the second quarter, you're feeling pretty good, or third, I should say. But now we look at this final game, or final six games. Indianapolis, the first game after Thanksgiving, so you have a long week. Yeah, uh, really good teams in the AFC, actually, with Indianapolis and Tennessee both being in the mix. But it's Indianapolis, followed by Houston, then Jacksonville on the road. First time the Cowboys have played in Jacksonville in quite some time. Then you have Philadelphia on Christmas Eve at home. Mm which will be interesting. That game could be flexed to Christmas should things get down to the wire, and it always seems to get down to the wire with Philadelphia. So maybe that will be played on Christmas. And then the final two weeks of the regular season, you are on the road Thursday night, short week again, against Tennessee, and then you're at Washington at FedEx Field to end out the season. When you look at this, Heckma, the running game, you've got a, you've got a great <laughs> test early in the season, but should he be healthy... Then you've got Jonathan Taylor, December 4th, against the Indianapolis Colts. Is that your second litmus test for the run defense?
2: Yeah, I mean, it it starts, we have a, even when it starts with Mixon and and Leonard Fournette, we start off pretty rough, too. But you're right, this is uh, the Jonathan Taylor matchup, Henry, and let's not forget Gibson. I don't think we give Gibson enough credit for the commanders either. Uh, Yeah, he stays healthy for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's just a stretch that we're going to get an opportunity as our defense to Find out where we are in the running game. I felt like, man, we were so herky-jerky in the running game last season. We had those lights-out performances versus the ones where we gave up more. And we were penalized more as well. I mean, that was the other telltale sign for our defense. But you can't forget about uh, Jonathan Taylor. And I want to see how Indianapolis looks with Matt Ryan. What – Kind of, what difference does Matt Ryan make in that offense versus Carson Wentz? And I'm so happy that Carson Wentz is with the Commanders. Also, let me say that. I know you love Carson Wentz. <laughs> That's my guy. You know, That's he's your dude. That is my dude. He's Carson. always, he's never let you down. Always, on, always on time. Uh, but also the defense for Indianapolis. That man, solid. You, really a test. Clark for, running around. Man, Quiddy Pay, DeForest Buckner, and Yannick and Dockway, Darius Leonard. I mean, Yannick and, is in Indiana? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes.
5: Yeah. Who's our who's defense coordinator up there now?
3: Uh, give me a second. I'll let you know. I do not know because I mean Gus Bradley. Gus. Oh, B- Gus. Bradley. Yeah, Gus Bradley. Is, that's oh right. God. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Chris apparently does not like that hire. Unfortunately. Good hire. Um, in, Indianapolis,
4: in my eyes, is going to be one of the league's best teams. Okay. Just, I think you think they take that jump. I think they take that jump. I think they weren't too far off last year. They just didn't obviously. They got help from your boy Wentz, Pennsylvania. Uh, they, baby, they
2: need a bus driver. They need they a bus driver, one. and they, they got, got one. one. You know who they remind me a lot of? Tampa Bay two years ago. Mm. When they yeah. finally got a quarterback, that could be exactly what they need. And I think Matt Ryan can be that in this system. I'm not saying Matty Ice is the end-all, the be-all. He's not for Tom them. Brady. He's not Tom Brady. Yeah. I'm not saying that either. But I'm saying he won't. I could hear the comments. Yeah, he come. It's okay. I'm just saying he won't, he won't mess it up. Yeah. And he has a good enough position right now. He's in a good enough position with this team. Yeah. He's on a way better team now than he was last year. And
3: the defense. Their defense he's is silly. Yeah. I, I don't disagree, and I think this is. I think Tennessee might dope. take a step back from their dominance. They're still going to be great on the ground because they have yeah. Derrick Henry, but I don't know if they're necessarily going to be the same kind of yeah. top seed in the AFC that we saw a year ago. Indianapolis could certainly take that jump, and yeah. Houston, Jacksonville, those are both winnable. You should win on the road against Washington, but that Christmas Eve game against Philadelphia and it always comes back to the stupid boo Eagles. Yeah, there they are. But just it always, waiting. it always just ready comes to down ruin to that. your Christmas. They're gonna ruin it. Do you think
4: that you can look past Jacksonville like you did last year, like like you would have last year had you played them?
3: Well, you're in the NFL. You can't necessarily look past you anybody. Know what I mean, you know But what no, mean. they went and added Christian Kirk. They added some talent on their defense. Trevor Lawrence now has somewhat well, of minute. an offensive line. To play you just look past Detroit.
4: Detroit. I'm not concerned about Detroit.
3: Well, why are you concerned about Jacksonville then? Because Jacksonville's
4: quarterback. That's they it. And the weapons that they put around him. Doug Peterson's and the coach. They're they're putting in place and the defense that they're starting to put together again. So I
3: don't think you could. Go into that thinking it's a loss, yeah. But you can't, yeah. No, you good can't coach. look past a good coach, technically. Because if you lose that game, then all of a sudden you're they, well, really well, feeling. Their it. coach knows what the heck he's doing. Detroit's coach
4: is
2: trying to figure it out. Okay. Well, two things about two things about after the Giants game uh, on Thanksgiving, whereas we would go back back to back Thursday night games. Yeah. We mm-hmm. don't play a Thursday night game. We actually play the Texans on the 11th, which is a 10-day rest span. And it's been a while since the Cowboys have had that. It's like a second buy for these guys. I got really – didn't they have it last year? What what do you –
3: yeah, well, they yeah. they no. had they had back to back Thursdays and then the ten day. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah but they don't have back to back Thursdays. So yeah, after yeah, yeah, yeah. the yeah, after the because things. that's when they should have rested Zeke, but they didn't. Correct. It right. was against the Saints. Yeah, it was. I just that's how I remember it.
5: They did Kansas City <laughs> and then they played
3: the Raiders. Huh? Yes. Yeah. Raiders Thanksgiving and then it yep. was the Saints after on Thursday yeah, and then shit. Tony Pollard got hurt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah. But that's the schedule up and down. Woo! Thumbs up, thumbs down? Thumbs, it's, thumbs up. It's going to be
4: challenge, very challenging early. You're going to find out what you need to know about this team in the first six games. Agreed.
2: No, I, I, I agree with, uh, with what he says. I think that the team has the – that's why I said Dan Quinn and Dak are the two most important uh, when I saw this schedule because they both have an opportunity to make a statement, especially for Dak. Coming off of his second year removed from his injury – the the quarterback matchups that he has here. This whole, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Cousins back to back. I can't wait for that uh, comparison. There's so many people have been comparing, comparing Dak and Cousins for so, and it it's silly. Uh, you know, Chuck just tweeted about this. It really is a silly argument. But you go yeah. from you go from Joe Burrow, uh, Tom Brady. I mean, just a, that's a matchup galore for Dak. And I think Daniel
3: Jones in week three. Yeah, then Daniel Jones. Yeah,
2: and Carson Wentz right (laughs) after that. Come on. Oh,
3: and and by the way, preseason games just for everybody listening and keeping track. August thirteenth against Denver. That's an eight pm kick. August uh, nineteenth through the or no, it's the twentieth. It's that Saturday at LA (laughs) going to SoFi Stadium against the Chargers. That's a nine pm kick, and then the twenty sixth against Seattle. And taking on the Seahawks in the preseason. Isaiah perked up a little bit for that one. That you going to be in the color booth for that? Yeah. Is that home? I don't know. Uh, it is a home it game. It is a home game. Yeah. That's the only Uh-oh. preseason home game.
5: You're going to have to, you're gonna have to gonna fight us. Michael Irvin for that one, buddy. That's oh, yeah, true. That's Mike's usually got that. It's Mike's game. It's Mike's game. game. Oh, Mike is the last game always.
3: All right. When we come back, we are done talking schedules. Time to talk about minicam Football back in the air here at the Star in Frisco. The rookies had hit the field this past weekend. We were all out there to see it. Yeah. Who stood out? Who did we like watching? When we come back with more Talking Cowboys.
1: There's nothing as unique as our eyes. Which is why SLR pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you varilux for super sharp vision essential blue for protection and Crizol for freedom from glare three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens so whatever your needs insist on Essilor. visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you see more do more essalore
5: want to use what the pros use how about the official men's skincare brand of the dallas cowboys Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites, for just ten bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com/cowboys and use the code word Team JB. That's
1: getjackblack.com/cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, ten bucks, free shipping. At AT and T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why?
3: Cowboys Nation, the ninth annual Reliant Home Run Derby is back at Riders Field in Frisco on June 7th, 6.30 p.m. Come see your favorite Cowboys player. Swing for the fences to try and raise money for the Salvation Army. (laughs) Free admission for all, and we will see you there. For more information, you can go online. I'm only going to say this once. It's a long link, so get your pins out. Get them ready. Mm. Mm DallasCowboys.com slash fans Mm -hmm. slash Reliant. Slash twenty twenty two slash home dash run dash derby, you can replay that if you want. I tweeted it out, and Chris Bean tweeted it out at Beamer 9 on Twitter. So Do go you, find can that. you Say the last part again. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
2: Tuesday, June seventh,
3: the Reliant Home Run Derby. There's a good chance Pull you'll me. see. One more time. You'll see. I escalated of us quickly. I think. Uh, I think I'll be out there for sure. Isaiah will probably make an appearance. Mm. Heck, Bino will be there. Mm. I may be swinging a little bit. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Blockchain.com, the second segment, brought to you by Blockchain.com. Here hey, on blockchain, Talking Cowboys. Hook your boys up, Blockchain.
2: Like, for real? For real. For
3: real. <laughs> hey, everything's on discount right now. Blockchain, <laughs> hook your boys up. Everything is not on discount. I don't know if yes, you've seen it, gas. It, yes, it is. Oh, yes, there. it is. Everything is down. I got you. I know what you Oh, you're I'm talking. talking about, like, in general. Oh, I thought I'm talking you are talking about crypto. Crypto, yeah. Oh, down. Down. yeah. That's no, fine. I <laughs> Oh, sorry! Um, goodness gracious, Flip you're so that, you're way too advanced for Flip me. That right there. Please, Chris. All right, God, have Cowboys, it. Cowboys rookie mini camp hosted this past weekend here at the Star in Frisco. News and notes along the way is the Cowboys have signed six of their draft picks to their deals already, which is nice. Tyler Smith being one of them, and Cowboys have three more guys to go. Taking a look at some of the guys that they actually have signed uh, Tyler Smith, Sam Williams, Jalen Tolbert, Jake Ferguson, and then they have also signed all of their fourth round picks Matt Willetsko, DeRon Bland, DeMone Clark, and John Ridgeway have all been done. So, uh, or the guys that I read first are not signed yet it's Williams, Tolbert, and Ferguson. Those are the only three that they have not signed out of their draft class. So, most of those guys. Good to go. But then we got a chance to see not only the draft class, but some of the undrafted free agents and some of the guys that are still classified as rookies that have been on the roster the last two years. Heckman, you made your chance, made your way out there on Saturday, out in the heat. It was hot. It was. It was steamy. But what did you get out of that practice? Anybody stand out?
2: You know what? And I think me and you, Isaiah, we're not going to do what we did last year. What was that? Because we completely jumped out of the cake last year. Did we year. now? Jumped yeah, out. They were we wrong? Us
3: uh, no. Yes. Okay. Not, yes, you were a little bit. Yeah, you, you know, were You know, we E Honda, Wright, yeah, okay. Wright played one we Okay,
2: we went okay. we not look crazy. We, we were there. excited. You know, it was a pre-covid, we were really right on somebody. COVID. Post-covid, we were who? getting out. Who were you right on?
3: Who? <laughs> Tell me, who you were right on?
2: So we so were, were right on a few. We were right on a few. We were on a few. We were right on. I don't think we missed. I think our excitement, we went too high on our excitement last year. Abilities.
4: We spoke on their abilities. Okay. Okay? But we also doubled down and said
2: when the pads come on, we got to see it. So no, but Izzy Mukwamu, So you t- about faced on Mukwamu and didn't tell me you was going to. You supposed to. I bump came out,
4: No, 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 no. I said that after the, after the first preseason game, I came out and told y'all that I was gonna, that was gonna, not going to work.
2: Yeah, the physicality. The physicality was, right. was not. You said he backed off. Yeah, I said he said backed said off. I saw it. it. The first couple times, I said no, this ain't this ain't gonna work. But I, I will say this, you know, with the, the rookie camp, what I did see was some really good signs from guys. The Walesco yep, is a huge person. I mean, that's a God, that's I so I it's a really, really big guy. If he can move, if he can, you know, good hand, all of those things with that you would need from your left tackle. If he can do any of those things, man, that swing tackle position, I think they want him to take if he can take it, uh, Smith. I think he did a he did a good job. That was Friday, you know. A lot of these guys were dealing with conditioning issues. I think go back to last year when we were talking about the bazooka with Micah coming out here, yeah, and he and was he was, he was winded. And yep. and think about Friday and Saturday, one of the hottest days in May in Texas, and they're in between those buildings. It's hot, and they are driving it. So they pulled them back, and you got an opportunity to see Friday. I was I there Friday, yeah. uh, on Saturday. But the other thing that I think Cowboy fans should feel good about is uh, our, our wide receiver. You know, Jalen Tolbert. Jalen Tolbert. I I really was. I felt good about his ability. I felt. I thought he's a lot bigger than six one. I I mean, and Demon Clark from, from LSU. That is a huge kid as yeah. well. I and mean, kid. He's a man. Uh, and he carries himself like a man. But they have him listed as 6'2". If he's six I'm five, nine. I know it. Because there's another big person that I think once you add him to uh, the roster, um, he, he may be someone that can play. Because we've been trying to ask the, answer those yeah. questions uh, about the linebacker room. But the other guy, um, the, in, the wide receiver from Indianapolis, from Indiana. So, Ty excuse. Fry Freifogel. I ain't messing this name up. He is an undrafted free agent. And that's where I am looking at this roster and trying to say, like, who's going to be the next Cedric Wilson? Who's going to be the next Turner, Malik Turner? When are we going to have that replacement? Because that's, you know 7 8 touchdowns that mm-hmm. you don't have that's about 800 yards that you have to replace that I don't think you feel like you've replaced right. and and that's from your one and two from your 3 and 4 5 yep. receiver yep. where do we get that production and that's where I that's why I'm looking at this part of the roster and saying maybe we can get that from these guys
3: and since I was there with you on Saturday I'll kind of book in this and then we'll get back to Friday but I, I agree with you. I think the, the wide receiver room is where you're gonna see a lot of confidence early on from these guys that are ready to come in and make this step into the NFL because they have some speed. is one of them. Uh Jakari Robinson from Wake Forest is yep. another one that both both of those guys in twenty twenty were top ten receivers in collegiate football. But they just had their their drops in 2021. They have some question marks around them. And they came in and they, they performed well, especially Fry Fogle, Jalen Tolbert. All of a sudden, uh, or not all of a sudden, but he was obviously the number one guy that was in the room. My favorite part about going out there and seeing the battles was Tyler Smith at left tackle, left guard. They kind of put them both spots. Played a little bit in the in in the interior, but he was on the edge, and he was going up against Sam Williams, seeing Sam Williams get after it. Williams got him a couple times. Williams definitely did. That's, but then there were other times when Tyler Smith would wall up, and so seeing that competition early on between two of those rookies was really fun. Of course, they're not going full blast yet; they're not getting training camp beat down just to this point. It's a lot of install, a lot of classroom work, and in talking to Mike McCarthy, he has a lot of confidence in this class. said Everybody showed up at, at 7.20 for a 7.30 meeting. He's, he actually stopped him. He was like, I want you guys to take a picture of this. So that way, when we're in Oxnard in a couple of months, the entire rookie class is 10 minutes early to, to a meeting. I bet it's not going to be the same. So make sure and keep that going as well. So I, I like the, the classroom side of it. Apparently that's going really well, and that translated onto the field because Comparatively, it looked like Saturday was a much cleaner practice than Friday was because there was some sloppiness that you got to watch.
4: Yeah, there was some sloppiness, but that was to be expected. Obviously, guys are excited. There's jitters. There's first run. They're trying to impress. It's a lot. Trying to get your feet underneath you and get adjusted to the speed. But, you know, there were definitely some pros. I was looking – Primarily, um, obviously, offensive line, I don't really look too hard at that just because of the fact there's no pads. So O-line, D-line, I don't put too much judgment on that until them boys get them pads on. And yep. That's what really matters. But at the wide receiver position, I had my, had my eyes peeled over there at Jalen Tolbert. And I like him. I like him. Uh, I like his work ethic. I like his demeanor, um, his willingness to, to be on special teams. That was something that we mentioned that wasn't necessarily present with the draft pick from last year. Uh, he was willing – you could tell he was willing to go out there and give his 100% in special teams, regardless if he was fielding punts or regardless if he was covering kicks. It didn't matter. Like, he was out there and he was giving 100%. I like that. Um, his his ability to run routes, he's precise. He is a seemingly – he seems bigger than what he's listed at. Uh, for sure. So maybe put some weight on. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I like him. I like. I think he's going to be a great addition to the receiver room, uh, along with James Washington. I know we keep kind of canceling him out, but I'm not canceling him out. I think he's going to be a very integral part. I think he's going to be this slot for the Dallas Cowboys. He's going to be that possession guy. And Tolbert is a bigger guy that they're trying to make a possession guy as well, because they mm-hmm. want him to be in that trifecta with C.D. and Gallup when he gets back on the field. Um, but he knows that he has some work to do. I was reading up some of the things that he mentioned following practice, I believe, on Saturday. That he knows that he has some work to do internally in terms of being an inside receiver guy. Um, the Jake Ferguson played a lot of attention on watching him. God, I know I spoke with Linda Wells and he's he's very excited about his tight end room. He's very excited about his tight end room. My he look he looks more than willing to block. He looks like he's like he's one of those kind of, you know, just you know drive you off the ball type of guys. My only concern is his weight. Yeah, he's a little, little light. A little light in the butt. That's my only guess my only concern. If you're drafting, and I don't I mean, I believe I trust those scouts, I trust the Wells, I trust all those guys obviously that, that are responsible for this. I would like to see him personally come in about fifteen pounds heavier to camp. Because I think right now he they had him listed about two forty five and he looks like he's about two forty five. I mean,
3: maybe um, he, a little smaller than that. Yeah.
4: He has a frame that can add it. Okay, that's one thing I can't mention. He has a frame that can put on some weight, and uh, and obviously the strength coach uh, is you know Harold Nash. He's awesome. He knows what the heck he's doing over there. So they have dietitians, all that jazz. They can yep. get him right for before camp, and he's gonna need to probably come in 20 pounds heavier than what he is right now because you're gonna lose, lose weight in camp. camp. Okay, so my only concern is that if you're being drafted as a blocking tight end. 245 pounds in this league is not a blocking tight end. No. Regardless of your willingness, regardless of your tenacity, 245 pounds is not moving 285, 295 pounds off the ball. It's just not.
3: It's just. As much as the Cowboys need a blocking tight end, because Dalton Schultz isn't that, and Blake Jarwin, w- without him being in the fold, and even Blake Jarwin wasn't necessarily a purely blocking tight end, I don't know if Ferguson fits that role. I think he's more of an all-around guy. He can block. He's willing to block. Yes. But that wasn't his M.O. coming out of Wisconsin. His M.O. was as a receiver. But, hey, he's willing to block. And he played in a system where they used him to block every once in a while. But they need him to be a blocking tight end. So if that's the block. case, then yes. yeah, you you bulk him up. Right now, he doesn't fit into that mold, and yeah, that's probably why you're looking at him and you're saying he's light in the butt.
2: And and that's what has got to make you nervous, Kyle. Especially when you looked at the front of that that schedule and said you're going to have to be able to run the ball. And yep. if you don't have a tight end that can help you capture those edges, then what the hell are you going to do? Are you expecting for Schultz to be that much better uh, this year at blocking? I, I don't know. Nope. You know, London Wells has to be. Round the clock on the teaching of that. But I want to go back to something that you said about this guy's demeanor. Um, um, The the wide receiver. Tolbert. Tolbert, yes. Jalen Tolbert. His demeanor and his just – that's one of the things that I, I, I talked to my son about. This man, you know, keep your head up, stay keep po- positive mm-hmm. body language. language, and that's what Jalen Tolbert has. Yes. Uh, that that his willingness and also excitement to to fit in that role because we need glue guys. Yep, and that's what these guys that I, that we lost were. They were those glue guys that Jamers. that were all special teams guys, but then. <laughs> At the at the end of the day, if you need them the moonlight, they produced and they did yeah. great things, and that's where I believe that Tolbert is going to be. Watch for him in camp when he starts yeah. getting those extra yeah. reps on special teams. He's going
3: to be a camp favorite. Yeah, I, watch, I can already tell. Watch
2: when they start moving guys like you yeah. know like that around, and he's getting those reps because then that'll tell you how they feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, about him once he gets with everyone else. I mean, and, and so I, that's going in the camp. Those are the things that I'm looking at. But that's a great point that you made uh, about his, his demeanor. But there's another guy. John Ridgway is going to be speaking of demeanor is going to be a fan favorite. Mm. I'm t- man, this guy, he's a big kid, he's huge. Um, but I, I mean, got an opportunity to just see him and, and watch him interview in the locker room, and he's he's a fun guy, uh, very very personable, has a ton of character. I'm telling you, man, Cowboy Nation, y'all gonna love this kid. I just just what P said, you know, hey, do they make the team? Him and Bo Hanna? it's gonna be a battle going into camp between the big boys. I don't,
3: <laughs> I don't think it will be. And honestly, I'm going back on what I said last week because talking to McCarthy changed my mind in this regard. When originally I thought it was going to be Ridgeway v. Brohanna, I think they like having both of those guys on that defensive line. You remember how we talked about that yeah. last week, and Heckman yeah. got really excited. And it's like both Hogmiles up front, and you have the big beefy dudes in the middle. Just behind him, they yeah. like it.
4: They I like that. it. I like that. And I also I like this Demon Clark. I know I talked a lot about N'Kobe Dean last week. Right. I know my disappointment in them not getting him. You were Damone, disappointed? I was disappointed. I was. I, y'all know Stop I sta- it. Hey, y'all know I stand behind. <laughs> hey, I was standing two feet down behind <laughs> anything that I say. I was disappointed. And I'm not I'm not gonna backpedal from that. However, this Damone Clark cat, it's a big boy. Yep. He looked like somebody off a key and peel skit. Yes. And I mean he's, and he's he wasn't the,
3: even playing, he was standing on the side. He's sideline.
4: standing there, but this dude got a frame on him now. He got a frame. I'm on. i can not wait to see him fly around. Obviously he was he was on the sideline um on Friday. But when I think when he gets to camp, I am excited to see what he could bring to this defense because I have a vision. I have a vision of what could have been and I want to see if it still can be. Right? D. He didn't still, even
3: have a frame. He was five eleven. I,
4: I don't care. He was a lightning he was a freaking lightning bolt. Don't make him do that. Don't make yeah. him do that. See, he but was getting off. He I was, was getting, getting off of him. I was off of him. But but DeMar and Clark, he has the frame of a mic.
3: Yeah. Why they drafted him. Okay.
4: However, there's still a dude by the name of Vanderash that they still have on his roster that they plan on playing a lot, I assume.
3: So, right. I'm out of in- necessity, not necessarily out of want. Well, they signed yeah. him. You know, For they, 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 and they, minimal they, they money. ran it
4: back. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but he's there. So, I'm looking forward to seeing how he fits in or how Dan Quinn's going to incorporate. This linebacker rotation. Because you want to think about it, okay, we roll two linebackers and you bring down Curse, okay, cool. Now you're looking at Michael Parsons, Vander Escher's your quote unquote starters, and then you got a DeMone Clark and you have a Jabril Cox as your backup. Mm-hmm. I want to see if there's ever going to be any three linebackers, ever going to be four linebackers, depending on the different sets. I'm interested to see how he contributes and what his style of play is in this particular defense. Have you watched his film yet? A little bit.
3: A little, no, bit. He's, go little bit. Go deep dive. A little bit. I know he rolls around. He's. He's fun to watch on film. He's when more, he's healthy,
2: he's yeah, going to be fun. He's more than just an inside linebacker. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he has range. He can cover. Yeah. Uh, he does some really good things. And, and he was a steal at five. His story about the Dallas Cowboys being the team that identified the, his injury, yeah. I mm-hmm. thought was very important as well. Yeah, I was well. reading up on that. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, the kid has an amazing story. And a lot of these guys, the way that they get into the NFL, if you just backtrack and, and listen to their stories, uh, it's amazing. But he is one of those – Players that I'm with, I'm with you on that. That's yeah. a you see him, and there's something about the way that he carries himself as yeah. a person, and the tape goes with it as well right. that tells you this kid's going to be a pro. Nick Eatman, I was talking to Nick about uh, Clark before uh, practice, and he said, "Watch, watch this kid. Watch the way that he's reacting. Taking mental reps yeah, the whole yep, time through practice, and that's a big thing. I mean, coaches that you talk about body demeanor. Here's a guy that's not going to be able to participate, but at the same time, he's still taking those mental reps. That's a big thing, man. In the yeah.
3: few times that I've I've interacted with Clark because we we interviewed him on the the draft coverage when he came on the show. We heard his secret audio. We've interviewed him a couple times since he's been in the building. That dude is all about ball. That's that's what you got. He is a yeah, he looks baller. Like, like that's that's what he wants to be. So yeah, I, I'm excited about him in the future. It's a bummer that we don't get to see him for the next six months and, and probably won't at, at any point this season if we're if we're being really if we're being realistic about it. However, for the future, I think it's something that you could really look forward to him being a part of that defense. All right, let's take our second break. When we come back, we're going to take your calls. We'll end out with some phone calls talking to Cowboys Nation, 888-855-2297. Give us a ring, 888-855-2297. We'll be right back with more Talking Cowboys.
0: New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I
3: do deserve that.
0: You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A
1: visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that.
0: Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here.
1: At AT AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why?
0: back to talking cowboys
3: whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses you'll see every exciting play book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you see more do more Essilor on talking cowboys glad you're with us Final segment. We got about 10 minutes left here in this oh. TCT, Talking Cowboys Tuesday. Ooh, we need t shirts. Isaiah Standback. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Honestly, I'll get on sponsorship for that. Uh, he's Head already got them somewhere. I'm Kyle <laughs> Yeoman's. Already. Yeah, he's got them packed in the bag.
4: <laughs> hey, guys, look. Hey, look.
2: Go to <laughs> www. <laughs> as, he, as he hands me a medium. <laughs> Thank you, Isaiah. Gotcha. He did that to me, too. Yes, yeah, yeah, I you know. Lorena got, got a nice new shirt.
3: Dude. You guys, man, y'all been out here. Um, come on, dude. All right, let's take some calls from Talking Cowboys Nation. Uh, 888-855-2297. Give us a call. We've got another line open. But first, it's been a little bit. We've got our, our friend Nebby back on the line. Nebby, and good to hear from you again. What's your question for Talking Cowboys? Uh,
0: uh, my question simply is this. A- am I am i crazy am i crazy am i crazy for believing that jalen Tolbert uh can replace Amari cooper's uh 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 production uh 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 uh, this upcoming season. Uh, 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 t- uh, uh, take care. Thanks for being patient with me, and have a great week. Bye. My man, Thanks,
3: Debbie Thanks,
4: Appreciate you. Thanks, Nebby. Appreciate you. In the
3: building. Great question. And no, I don't think you're crazy by any means, no. but it would be tough. It really would. And the the reason why, and I'll I'll let this kind of go to you guys. He's not the route runner. Amari Cooper was. He's a separator. Don't get me wrong. And he did so in college. But he's, it's going to be an adjustment process going from the Sun Belt to the NFL. I mean, it's, it's pure, bit. plain and simple. He's a good receiver. He will have his production. I think you could expect him to have a good impact role in this offense. But a, a, a replacing the production of Amari Cooper would be pretty tough. Pretty tough.
4: Ditto. Everything that, everything that Kyle just said. The reason simply being, Amari Cooper is a dog. Amari uh, Cooper is a respected receiver in his league that that fears absolutely nobody. Um, there's not a route that he can't run. There's not a defense that he hasn't seen. So he's more um, prepared to handle this NFL, obviously, week in and week out. Tolbert may get there at some point in time in his career, but uh, having that expectation of him to come into the league with that same production is is a, is a lot. It's putting a lot on top of him. Um, but I do, like Kyle said, I do believe that he will come in and
2: contribute to this team and help them win some ballgames. Yeah, it's all going it's going to be about opportunity for Tober if he's put in the position to be a productive wide receiver. Everyone knows that it the pressure right now is firmly placed on CD to su- to take the place of Amari Cooper's production. But if, if C.D. Lamb can exceed expectations, then that's going to open up the rest of the offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where Jalen Tolbert is going to be able to have that those production numbers. Let's think about it. I mean, last year, it wasn't as though Amari Cooper was a 1,000-yard receiver. So we have to come back to, you know, what are we replacing here? I know we're looking at his, like, this is 1,500 yards we're replacing. Look, C.D. Lamb has an opportunity in front of him. I believe that C.D. Lamb can live up to the pressure that's being placed on Him. Everybody else is really going to have to finally going to have to define their roles in this offense. And Jalen Tolbert is going to be one of those guys.
3: That's the biggest thing. Is it starts at the top. You. Everyone's defining their roles, even to a certain extent. Michael Gallup's going to have a new role. Yeah, he's been the number two here before, but he's going to have to be a one B, not necessarily a number two. You don't want him to be completely leapfrogged by Ceedee Lamb. You want that production to be there from Ceedee Lamb. He's the one that that completely goes with the the flow of of being that top wide receiver. Mike Gallup needs to take a step too when he comes back and he's healthy because. It starts at the top, and it's a domino effect all the way down. I completely agree. I
2: I, I believe that CD has to be your number one receiver. There's no one. Yeah. There's no one B. He is the number one guy. Michael Gallup has to be comfortable. Can at Can he an, be the number one? No, all that's, the way that, through. That is the that is the question, mm-hmm. and, and the answer can only be answered by CD Lamb. And this season, they've given him all of the runway to be able to do that. You go come off of his season last year, 1,100 yards, I believe, uh, receiving. Coming into this season, what would be the Number that would put him in that group of the elite. If he gets 1,400, 1,500 yards, he's going to have the opportunity to be that receiver for the Cowboys. What would Come be? On it, what would, <laughs> Come on, bite Isaiah. What Come on, bite. I'll ask you this question
3: and kind of supplement that. But what would be your confidence level in a percentage, one to or zero to one hundred, that he could do that? 1,400 yards. Let's say 1,400 because that would be an elite season if he's there. 1,400 yards, close to 10 touchdowns. That's an elite season, something that Amari Cooper never really did on a consistent basis. Can What would your prediction, or not prediction, but confidence level percentage-wise be for C.D. Lamb to that? Do he can do that? Yeah. How think if you force-feed him? I mean, you obviously can get most— I'm not talking about force-feeding. I'm talking about being the number one. Not force fed. Offense is smooth. I don't currently see it. So, what's your percentage? 70. That's pretty high to That's me. That's talking in grad school.
2: I don't know about that. A Asi's flunking in grad school. Right. So 1,100, uh, 1, 935 his first season, 1100 last year, making the next step. If we're just looking at the trajectory of his career, yeah. 1300 should be that next level, especially when you have no one else that you would say you're competing with balls with. He doesn't yeah. have Amari Cooper there.
3: All right. Nigel from Arizona is on the line. We're back to talking Cowboys Nation. Nigel, how's it
1: going? Great, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, Probably a little redundant question, but you guys brought it up, and it kind of sparked a little something in my my old man brain, and that's uh, (laughs) putting the big boys in the middle there and letting our guys on the end feast. We all know, I believe, the first two games of the season is going to kind of dictate what uh, offenses are going to do to us defensively, and um, and that's the run. You know, we all – all of us know uh, that's been an issue for the last I don't know eight years. So I kind of you know when you were talking if Ridgeway, you know, I'm sure he's going to make the team. Him and Bohanna uh, and a couple of the other big guys just feasting in the uh, the two center spots on defense and uh, hopefully giving our defensive ends a chance to feast as well. So yeah, thanks for taking that, and I appreciate it.
3: Thanks, Nigel. Appreciate you, man. And and I agree. There's. Uh chance you see both of those guys on the field at the same time but the thought process is nose tackle three technique you need both of those positions to step up
4: yeah you need them both to step up but you also need them to just be productive it's one thing to be big it's another thing to be productive and big there's a lot of big guys in this league that get moved off the ball we had that a couple years ago oh yeah um so you can't i mean obviously these guys have nice stature on them we've seen what what big bowl has done we're still expecting more of him as he continues to develop. Um, now you bring Big Ridge in here, and he's going to have to have a big impact as well. I think Urban came in prior to Urban getting hurt. He did an okay job, but he I don't think that he had the impact that we were hoping for either. And he was a lot larger than this young gentleman. So
2: size is one thing, production is another. You're hoping that you get both. And we're not mentioning Neville Gallimore a whole lot in this Come on now. equation at all. And, and that's a guy that, so. that that also Diggsil yeah. and also Carlos Watkins. You know, adding those big bodies is one thing, but we have Rich. Neville Gallimore who is a big dude that obviously if he hadn't elbow. injured his elbow The defense, I think, would have been on a different level as well. He was on Uh, a
3: projection. Right.
2: And so him coming back, and you saw immediately the defensive line improve. Uh, He didn't get a lot of opportunity with Urban. But I think with the combination of all of those guys, the defensive line should be uh, better. I just think that this year – Dan Quinn is going to have the opportunity to move pieces around now. Having that, maybe Dante uh, Fowler works in that equation, but I think moving Micah around has got to be on the front of his mind. Question for you, mailbag question, I guess.
4: Who has the deeper bag this year with the personality that they have at their
3: at their disposal? Dan Quinn, easy, off top. top. Over the over Kellen Moore is what I'm assuming you mm-hmm. were going to ask. All yeah, top. Dan Quinn by far got way more weapons. Yeah. Kellen still has weapons, but he's limited to a certain extent. Dan Quinn's not limited. He's got guys. Uh, Real quick, let's go to Brett in Austin, our final call of the day. Brett, how's it going? You're on Talking Cowboys.
0: Hey, uh, glad to be on it. Uh, Appreciate it. I've been a listener for quite some time and uh, been following the Cowboys since 1964. All right. It's a couple years. um, There are two things uh, that I really saw from this draft that really made a huge impression on me. The first four picks absolutely were steals. Mm -hmm. Sam Williams is going to be everything that we thought uh, Gregory could have been, Mm -hmm. but wasn't because of all the off-field stuff. But he is so fast, so bendy, and so big. It, he's going to be great. And y'all have already talked about uh, uh, the uh, wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I, I really think that uh, getting uh, Smith in the first is was tremendous because he is projected to be the left tackle of the future. Mm-hmm. And moving him into guard is going to help him. And he's everything that Williams wasn't. Connor Williams was not, never did live up to, you know, that that movement. And so, I think that they really just, especially on the first four picks, really hit home runs. But throughout the uh, draft, one thing that I kept hearing over and over again, and y'all have written about it, mm-hmm. is the temperament, the nastiness, yeah. the absolute just pure ballers that we got i think i i gave it an a i
3: gave it a great yeah. A. thanks for the, thanks for the call brad and and i completely agree with you to a certain extent because they filled their needs they did and i love your 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 passion and i love your your uh high outlook on things your positivity is the word i was looking for i like his radio voice he's got a great voice too no doubt uh what do you guys think about what he said there to, to cap things off? I
4: think they they got guys that fit the characteristics of this team and of this organization, the direction that they're trying to go. Um, offensively, they got a nasty. All right, at the receiver position, they got somebody who's willing. Yeah. Um, they, uh, you know, at the at the linebacker and defensive end positions, they got somebody. They got two people who are who are tenacious and fly around and are going to have an impact. So they got character guys that are you know we're we're talking about their their demeanors. We're talking about how they're taking mental reps. We're talking about all the things that you're asking for of a rookie to come in and do. They're doing those things. You're not having to train these guys to be better people, to be better students of the game. They are already coming in with that mindset. And they come in with that mindset. They come in humble. They come in willing. You can work with everything else.
2: No, and I agree with everything you just said. And I think that, you know, the Sam Williams and what he said about Sam's, I think, Sam, that's accurate. The one thing that I always wonder with Sam, would he would we have drafted him if we yeah. signed Randy, especially with everything that we already have? People forget about Chauncey Goldston yeah. uh, and guys like that that already have a year under their uh, under their belt. I think it's going to be uh, Sam is going to have to battle on this onto this depth chart to get playing, even as a second round draft pick. Um, you know, and, and I think that he is probably one of very few people out there in Cowboy Nation that really feels the way that he did about the guys that we got in the draft because it's the great unknown, and it's not until we get these guys on the field that we've we and know how Smith is going to translate at the left guard position because he hasn't played it since high school. And so there's a lot of question marks uh, surrounding this draft class, and obviously we're going to get the answers here in the next couple of months. Completely agree.
3: The question marks around
2: Tyler Smith, at first we thought it might have been a reach,
3: but the more you heard about from the league, they got him at the right value. They got him at 20, 24. That was exactly where they needed to get him because if not, he would not have lasted two picks after that because the value was there for Tyler Smith. Great value with Sam Williams. I think he's got a chance to make the roster, make an impact early. He's got all the traits. You just got to put them all together. Same thing with Jalen Tolbert. And then I even like the value on the back end. I'll skip over Jake Ferguson because I think that was pretty solid in the fourth. But I would say the fifth-round value that you got on Ridgeway and Clark, I think that's phenomenal. So I like the draft class as a whole. I really do. I don't know if I would give it an A. But a B is certainly fitting there overall, and I think the Cowboys will. When we put them on the put them on the field, we'll definitely see exactly what they uh, what they have from their rookie class. Before we leave, by the way, Jack Crawford, former Dallas Cowboy, re- announced his retirement. So congratulations, Jack! Ten seasons in the NFL. Good. Jack
2: dude. was from the UK, wasn't he? Yeah, I, uh, I believe he was. so. Yeah, yeah Jack.
3: Yep, yeah, Jack is uh, done with the Super NFL. Super good dude. Yeah. Uh, One of of Chris Beam's favorites. So that's going to do it for us here on Talking Cowboys. We will see you again in a week. For Chris Beam, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison, I'm Kyle Yeomans. We'll see you next time on Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How
0: about you, Cowboys? Yeah!